Bokar we are in Sefer Shmuel Aleph. We are continuing the story of David and the 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 Baalat of of Ein Dor. And we have been basically what happened is Shaul sees that the Pelishim are gathered against him. Shaul is terrified, he's scared. And he asks of the Urim Tumim and of the Nevim, and he doesn't get any response, not in a Chalom, not in a, from a Navi. Nobody wants to talk to him about what his fate is going to be in this war, and he is just losing it. So he goes to his servants and he says, let's go find someone who is involved in the practice of Ov. So they find this woman who's in Endor, who's in the practice of Ov. They go to her, and he dresses up so that she wouldn't recognize him. And she says, no, don't, I can't do this for you anymore. I'm out of this business because Shaul has destroyed all of us. Don't do that thing. And he says, no, I promise you, you're going to be safe. Don't worry. And then, um, and then uh, she says, uh, and then what she does, her trick here. And then he says, and she says, who do you want me to raise up for you? And he responds, Shimuel. So she all of a sudden sees Shimuel. And then she's like, oh my gosh, I see a guy, an old man with a, with a jacket and a beard. And, um, and, sure. and then, yeah. Zaken, Oliv, he's an old man who has a thing. He doesn't say beard. He's an old man, he's wearing a thing. And then Shaul realized that she is, she's seeing Shemuel. So Shaul starts talking to Shemuel. And Shemuel says, why did you get me angry? This, that. And basically what Shemuel says is, God has separated from you. He's now your enemy. And God is going to say, as he said to me, he's going to cut your kingship from your hands and he's going to give it to, to your, your, uh, your equal David, your friend David. And why? Because you did not listen to the word of God. You did not do what he said against Amalek. And that's why Hashem is doing this to you. And now, God is going to give the Israelites also into the hands of the Pelishim. You and your son are going to be with me. Meaning you and your son are going to die. Uh, and Israel is going to give is going to be given into the hands of the Pelishim. Okay. Pasuk Kaf is where we start from today. So Shaul rushes and he gets onto the ground. And he fears from the words of Shemuel. He had no energy, he had no strength. For he did not eat any bread all day and all night. Meaning Shaul had gone into this not eating out of anxiety and fear. And then he falls on the ground in, in desperation and in fear that he knows that his end is near. And he's weak. He doesn't have any energy. He, has, he's, he doesn't have any food in his system. And he's just broken. He's a broken man. So he falls on the floor. The woman comes to Shaul and she sees that he has become very afraid. Your maidservant, meaning me, listen to you. And I put my life in my hands. And I listened to the words that you told me. Because it was at a risk, because I'm not in this business anymore, because Shaul destroyed all these people. And she had already recognized that he is Shaul. So she says, Look, I, I risked this one time to do this for you. Now, you, because I listened to you and I risked my life in order to help you out, you now listen to me. Just please hear me out. I'm going to put bread before you and eat something. Because Shaul hadn't eaten in a long time. And you're going to have some strength to go on the way. So she says, so she knows that Shaul is in no position to eat. He doesn't want to eat anything. She says, please, I did you a favor and I risked my life in order to bring back Shemuel for you. You're my only chance of surviving. No, she I don't know. She wants him to live because she, he's the one who made the, the, the swear to her 
that she would oh, be protected. Oh, that's interesting. So she wants to I thought eat. she's just in a very uh, extravagant way begging him to eat something because he needs to eat. No, she swore by but her you're, But you're saying that she sees him as his only protection. If he dies now... She, he swore that he would, she he would, would be protect. protected. And if she, he dies, then she... she oh, that's that. interesting why she's so incentivized for him to get bread. I like that. I like that perush. Let's see if Radak says that. No? So he says, No, I'm not going to eat. So his servants and the woman, they pressure him. He listened to their voice. He got off the ground and he at least sat on a bed. She had like a fattened uh, calf in the house. She rushed and she sacrificed it. She took some. Uh, slaughtered it. She just killed it. She slaughtered it. She slaughtered the the the, the, the calf. calf, and then she took some flour. She made dough. She took a piece off. She baked it into matzot. Why would she bake matzot? Because matzot you bake faster. Oh, it's quick. She didn't have to uh, wait for it to rise. Yeah. Okay. She baked matzot. But tagesh lifne shaul lifne avada vayochelu. She brings it before Shaul and before his servants, and they ate. And they got up and they went that night. Okay, now let's continue a little bit in the story. I just want to show you what happens next. The Pelishim gather all of their people to Afek. And the Jews are in Israel. Now we're back to the David story. After the Shaul incident with the woman of Endor, we're back to the, Sha- the David story. Now where was David this whole time? David was on the side of the Pelishtim. Yeah. He was helping out Achish. He was ki- yeah. Well, he was actually killing the enemies of the Jews, but he was claiming to Achish that he's, he's killing the Jews. Right? So now David has earned the trust of Achish. Now he's stuck in Achish's army. Now what's the problem? What did David not foresee? That the Pelishtim are now going to go to war with Israel. And if he's best friends with Achish, and Achish expects him to be a loyal servant of Achish's army, who is David going to have to fight? The Jews. The Jews. Because the Pelishim are lined up to go to war against the Jews. Yeah. So now we're in this funny situation in which Shaul is dying of fear that the Pelishim are against him. And who's on the other side? It's not only the Pelishim, it's also David. Okay? So David was with Achish. The Pelishim say, what are these Jewish people here? Meaning, who are these people that are with David and David? Who are these Jew- Jewish people that you brought? He says, no, this is David, the previous servant of Shaul, who's been with me for, for some time, for, for days, for years maybe. And I did not find any problem with him from the day he came here. He fell into my lap until this day. So they got very angry at him and they say, they say, send this guy back to where he came from. We don't want David to come with us to war. Why? Because they, are, they suspect David. David, they don't see how he could possibly be so loyal against, against some random people, I understand, but against the Jewish people in war. So maybe so that he is not doesn't end up becoming an enemy to us in war. Maybe what David is going to think is if I only 
um, go onto the Pilishti side and beat them from within and become like the Trojan horse and then come back as a hero to my people, then maybe the king will accept me back. So they're saying, maybe David is going to think, I can go kill the Pilishti and win Shaul's favor again. That's what they're thinking, which is a very logical thing for them to think, right? Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh, it's with our heads that he can potentially win back the favor of Shaul. So, so uh, it was like a known thing amongst also the Goyim that that, that there David, was a fight, between, was a fight between David and Shaul. Yeah, it's very interesting actually. It's crazy. Yeah, it's it's a known thing even, but it's also he was a famous general. So the only reason it would have made sense for him to all of a sudden show up at Akish's footsteps, doorstep, sorry, is if there were, if he had this like Incentive. fight with, the, with Shaul. Uh. So it almost made sense. So people probably ask, like, what is David doing here? He, I thought he's a famous general from, from Israel's side. So no, 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 he got in a fight with Shaul. Okay, so that will continue that story tomorrow because I want to get back to, I just want to show you how the Navi goes from the story of Endor and to the witch back to the story of David and Akish. However, I want to show you a couple of very, very famous, one Ralbag and one Radak. So the question is, to what extent is this Balat Ov in Aindor, to what extent is she really using magical powers of the occult in order to bring back Shemuel? So there are, there's a line of Perushim, uh, especially found in the Gemara, that says, no, this is a practice that they had. Is you, they drew from some dark forces or whatever. And they were able to do things like this. It's Asur, but it's effective. You know, and that's why Shaul, when he was so desperate, he says, okay, I, I'm so desperate. I don't care about the Isur. Just, I need an answer. I need something effective. However, there is a more Maimonidean strain of Chachamim. Rambam, the Radak, the Ralbag, the more philosophical type of Chachamim. That said, there's no way this, does, this doesn't work. There's no way this works. The only way for Hashem to communicate with people is through the Navi. Everything else is fake. So the question is, what do you do with this story? Because it seems like in this story, she brings back Shemuel, and Shaul and Shemuel are fully having a conversation. So what's going on? He was also like starving also. So maybe he was like... Ah, wait, wait, wait. So let's see. Let's see. So I won't read the Ralbag because the Radak basically says what the Ralbag says. But know that the Ralbag is saying the same thing as what we're about to say about this story. Okay. Rainu, the Rabbah says, Rainu machloket ben ageonim badabarazeh. We've seen a machloket about this issue, about the issue of whether she was actually practicing real witchcraft in the geonim. Vechulam nishtavu ki maaseh haov hevel vatohu vidivrei chazav vehitul. And all of the geonim agreed that the, that the action of ov is lies, it's, it's, it's fake, it's just, it's a fraud. Some of them say that Shemuel did not even speak with Shaul. Of course, because that would be, it would be crazy to assume that Shemuel got back, came back from his grave and spoke to Shaul. What kind of, that's not a Jewish concept. These geonim, they say, actually the woman did all of this in a trickery way, in a, in a lying way. Now, how did she do it? First of all, the first thing that, we, that you have to know is that the second Shaul walked in, she knew, she knew who he was. Now, in the story, when did she discover Shaul? After, After Shemuel asked. came out. Yeah. He said, oh, Shemuel, I knew you were Shaul. 
or no, after he asked about, sorry, after he asked about Shemuel. You're asking about Shemuel, I know you're, you're Shaul. Really? Oh, yeah. I don't know, it's one of those things, but it was, it was tied to Shemuel. Really, she knew it was Shaul from the second he walked in. So the second he's walking in, the woman is thinking to herself, okay, how am I going to pull one over this guy? How am I going to trick this guy? But she, what, did, what did she want to do? She wanted to show him that she only discovered his identity from her witchcraft. So she waited. She didn't tell him that I know who you are at first. She made it seem like, oh, you're, you're tied to Shmuel, you must be Shaul. As if like she figured that out on her own. Amra, Lamari mitani Shaul. So uh, oh, she already knew that she's Shaul, but that's why she says, you lied to me, you, you are Shaul. And the way of the, of the woman of Ov is Typically the way they would do it is they would bring someone in like a cave behind them and they would do all these like tricks and things and then they would ask the person from the cave to start whispering like Hello, I'm Shmuel and they would, they would make the guy feel like he's being spoken to. Okay? Okay? And whenever she, she, Shaul came and approached her, and she saw that he was very afraid, and she saw that tomorrow he's going out to war, and all of Israel are terrified of this. And she also knew that Shaul had killed the Kohanim of Hashem. They said, she told the person in the cave, that whisperer guy, to say all the things that quote-unquote Shemuel said. That's one class of Geonim, how they interpret the story, that she knew Shaul, she knew it was Shaul, she, had knew, she knew why Shaul was coming, she knew what Shaul was afraid of, she knew what he had on his conscience, so she told some guy in a cave to whisper all these things as if it's Shemuel, and Shaul hears, wow, I'm hearing Shemuel, and he gets all of them. So okay. the story you were saying how... That, that's Sha- that's one uh, Radak brings as an opinion within the Geonim. Shaul can only hear him and the, the woman can see him. Right. Remember? Now, the, so, the, the trick is, Shaul, how do they interpret that? That the woman doesn't see him, the woman acts like she sees him. And then Shaul, he asks the woman, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? And then what does she, how does she describe Shaul? How does she describe Shemuel? Oh, I see an old man with a cloak. That's every old man. <laughs> She's, she's giving very generic descriptions of the guy. She doesn't actually see him. She's giving generic descriptions of Shemuel so that Shaul thinks she's seeing him. In the meantime, Shaul is hearing a voice that she hears too, but she's acting like she's not hearing it. So she's asking, oh, Shaul, what are you hearing? What are you hearing? And Shaul is looking to her, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? And the guy is saying the most basic stuff that anybody who knows Shaul's history could tell him to scare him. And she's not seeing anything, but she's just describing an old man. And Shaul is fully falling for it. And whenever it says that Shemuel spoke to Shaul, really what the Tanakh is saying, that this is what's going on in Shaul's head. Shaul thinks Shemuel is speaking to him. So the Pasuk is saying that Shemuel said to him, in his imagination. And now which it said, when Shemuel tells him, you didn't do the will of God with Amalek. Everybody knew, knew that Shaul had failed with Amalek. It was a common thing to know. Oh, really? At that time, Shemuel told Shaul that you're not, no longer going to be king. Now which it says to your friend David, David, that David was the one who was next in line. 
So it, she, the guy is fully being fed all this information. He knows it's, it's easy information to provide him. He's just giving this doomsday scenario, and it's some guy in a cave whispering these things into Shaul's ear. Saying you're going to die tomorrow. Wait. Umar shamaru machar atau banecha imi, and now which is tomorrow you're going to die. Miderak sevara amraza zeperush rab. He said this from. Look, Shaul's scared. He's weak. The pelishim are strong. Just scared him. Okay. So that is the perush of Rav Shemuel ben Chofni Gaon. It's a perush of one of the geonim. Now, what I want to bring to your attention is how much it seems like the geonim, the Radak, Rambam. It's a huge class of Chachamim who were unwilling to admit that there was any magical stuff going on. It's very important to know that within Yadut, it's not very clear that everybody agrees that there is magic and this and that. There's a huge class of Chachamim going down from Rambam, the Geonim, that all say that, that these things, no, when you, even if you read these things in the Torah, you need to use your sense and interpret it. And they say this. And Rav, Gaon, Rav Shemuel ben Chofin Gaon says the following. Even though it seems from the Gemaras that you read That the rabbis in the Gemara thought that this actually happened That this wasn't all a fraud That it was true that this woman really did bring Shemuel back to life If I could come with my mind and my rational brain And say no this is impossible I have a better interpretation I could go against the rabbis in the Gemara not us. I'm saying well, this is what the Rabbi of Shmuel ben Chofni Gaon says. Okay. So there's another possible another interpretation, by the way. And um, uh, there's another interpretation that this wasn't the woman who actually brought Shmuel back to life. It was Boreolam who brought Shmuel back to life. But then the Radak shoots that that pedrush down because why would if Boreolam is going to bring Shmuel back to life, why just bring him in a, in a dream? Why do you have to do an isur in order to speak to Shmuel? So there are various interpretations. I'll give you one more interpretation. That this whole thing is a fraud. That what she does is she she makes she finds Shaul in a time of desperation. She acts like she's seeing Shemuel, and then she probably like made some incense that got Shaul a little bit like high or something, some some hallucinogen, and he started imagining things that Shemuel had told him, or started imagining things that Shemuel is telling him. That's another interpretation, but I think it's the best one. Because if you look at what Shemuel tells Shaul, he says, repeats. it's a repetition of exactly what Shemuel said in the past to Shaul. Yeah. He's saying, I'm taking your mamlacha away from you, I'm giving it to David. That's the second time he, Shaul, Shaul, Shemuel said that to Shaul. Mm. So what you could say, another possible rational interpretation, is that the woman, she, all she does is set up a situation in which Shaul is terrified. She puts some hallucinogen in the air, Shaul starts to think and whatever. And then his mind fills in the rest. That's why he didn't want his to imagination fills in the rest. Like this incense was uh, affecting that he was, he was like tired, was hungry, and like whatever. Was that? Yeah. Again, part? that's another part. He's tired. He's hungry. He hasn't eaten, so he's probably like almost. Hallucinating. He's hallucinating. So there are multiple interpretations. What's most fascinating is that if you really look at the story, it's very compelling to say that she's not really doing anything. When she describes Shimuel. She describes him as a guy. She, she, she says, who do you want me to introduce? He says, Shimuel. Oh my gosh, I see someone. It's not such a hard thing to do. You know, it, it seems like it's all a fraud. Um, and I think there is a large enough group of Chachamim who say that this whole thing was a fraud and that none of these things, none of these occult magicians, none of those thing, these things actually have any power. Only Borei Olam has power. Only the Nevi'im can transmit the word of God. And it wouldn't happen in any of these ways. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.